Hello and welcome to the Week in Review. I'm Michael Curzon. I'm joined by SD Wicket. Sam, how are you? Um, very good, Michael. It's uh, it's it's nice to be back to be back in the uh, in the uh, non-hosting seat. Um, but the seat of men has a very nice look out the window, a very nice view into uh, into uh, into the east coast, and uh, it's a sunny day. Uh, very few clouds in the sky. Um, actually, I, I have uh, Lucas sent me his. Lucas yeah. sent me his update as well. Um, We're not joined by Luke today. I think this is the second occasion, perhaps very low number, where he's not been able to join an episode. Uh, for work purposes so we'll let him off um but i i i now because of the listeners have had my my hand forced i used to try and stop the weather updates but one of our uh, uh very kind and, and keen listeners said that they always look forward to the update and they were pleased to read it so thanks for that you've uh, you've you've undercut my authority there and uh we have a bit of an update from mr perry from from his desk Yes, Luke. Luke. Uh, Luke's Luke's uh, weather is is similar to mine. Um, he said uh, the weather is lovely and sunny, but a bit blowy. Uh, he asked me to make sure this was included. So um, he he can't be here today, but he's here in spirits. He's here in the weather reports, uh, which, ha- which which has, as you mentioned, been uh, completely vindicated um, okay. as a staple of the show. Well, it might have been, but I'm my protest continues, and that I'm I'm still not going to reveal uh, the, the nature of the weather in my area so well, well michael i edit the show and you don't so it's staying in <laughs> that's true uh we'll have to find a replacement learn please learn, to, learn, learn to edit and, and there'll be a thing of the past but until then it's it, it's it's in please send applications for digital editor to editor at bombardmag.com thank you um now today we, we were discussing what we would cover in today's show and we realized that the the vote on um, the vote of confidence against Boris Johnson, or in favour, as it turned out, was actually this week. We should be covering it this week, but it seems like it was ten years ago now, uh, given the nature of, of sort of current events. Um, so we will talk about that, but we're going to talk about it last. So that that'll either whet your appetite or make you turn off ten minutes before the program ends. Um, and we'll start instead talking about cutting programs on the the current nature of debate in this country well actually in the west i should say um because we're also going to talk about the us uh censorship and i suppose the sort of heated nature into which many of the debates which fine are important so need to be held in high esteem um yet ought to be discussed in civil manner uh what just isn't isn't the case in in so many areas um one of the main examples obviously and i think it's been like this for a long time actually is abortion um polling in in this country i think is pretty much dead against um the the pro-life movement someone might tell me i'm wrong on that but i i doubt it i think that actually people in this country are um quite firmly pro-choice to a I large think, I, I think they're quite firmly indifferent i mean it, it, it's just oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not as much of a hot button issue in the uk or europe as it is in the us um because yeah. i mean unlike us the us does still have a conservative stream within its society that has some political purchase yeah yeah i think indifferent is better because if i, I what i should say is that if a sudden well it, it did happen we had um sort of the over-the-counter abortion tab that's being handed out during the lockdowns, if you remember. Um, and there was very little protest about that. Um, in fact, it almost just, it, it, it's as though it never happened. Um, so that's that's the sort of the point I mean. Whereas in the US, anything that happens on this topic is front page news, massive story. Uh, you, you won't stop hearing about it. Well, quite a good thing, actually. 
But we're seeing that come to a, a, a pretty negative um, state where, as you, you said, some before we recorded, um, after it was leaked that there might be changes to the, the Roe v. Wade verdict, um, or that, that might be overturned, that the, the media has been stirring quite a bit of hatred around the topic. Um, and we've seen protests outside the houses of, of justices um i mean you asked as well where do they get these things from is it is it public record i don't know or is it leaked from somewhere i, I, I think it's very unlikely there. i think it's very unlikely that the home addresses of the supreme court justices are public record yeah you know yeah i mean uh, surely the only address of an american politician that is known publicly <laughs> is the white house right yeah you'd have thought so that big it's, house up there you can't miss it yeah no that's true but why don't you tell us then what what happened this week after we've had sort of a massive media storm around this story, we've already had protests outside a lot of houses uh, where, of course, you've got not just the, the justices in question, but also their families and, in, in most cases, children, uh, probably in some cases, actually. Um, so what happened then to, to Brett Kavanaugh is, is the main example of this. Well, one. before I go into it, I think this just uh, feeds into the adage, you know, there are no bad tactics, just bad targets. Um, right. The um, America, like the rest of the Western world is a um, ha has for some time now been ruled with an iron fist by by progressivism, um, who will preach and preach and preach about you know the importance of tolerance and kindness until you fall foul of them, in which case they become some of the most vicious and tyrannical people one could possibly meet. Um, we've heard nonstop for the last year and a half about the uh, January sixth. Um, protests yeah. and how you know how so many senators were fearing for their lives and you know, how this should never be happened and anyone responsible should be in prison for the rest of their lives you know and, and that sort of thing yet in the wake of this decision or supposed decision that has, has even been formalized yet by the u.s supreme court the american progressive press has been on a, a witch hunt <clears throat> of on the uh, conservative members of the, of the panel i mean um <clears throat> And this didn't just start now. I mean, Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett were put through the ringer when they were being confirmed. You know, their their beliefs um, were uh, put under a microscope that wouldn't have happened if they were of the progressive uh, wing of, Amer of American politics. Um, now, to go into the actual event, a 26-year-old man who was uh, quoted here as being heavily armed by the name of uh, Nicholas John Rosk or Roski from California drove to uh, Maryland where... Um, Justice Kavanaugh lives and was yeah, arrested outside his property uh, with a gun and a knife after making uh, several threats, including death threats against him. Um, this comes amidst a, 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 um, a flurry of um, very invasive protests outside the homes of um, individuals like Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. Um, at, at Barrett's home, uh, people dressed as characters from, I believe, A Handmaid's Tale were uh, patrolling outside her home, which, you know, is, is um, that's just straight up intimidation of a justice, which is, you know, something, something you, you see in a, in a banana republic, not, um, not, not a, not a functioning modern nation, you know. Um, I think the important point about this is that this isn't going outside the offices, say, where the only people really in question are the justice or I suppose the staff. But, you know, if you're working for a justice, then expect 
expect something like that. It's not just going up to public institutions or writing or expressing in a very strong protesting open manner, which is fine if, if that's what you want to do. Um, it's going up to the private home where, again, they've got their children, their partners who uh, are completely unrelated to uh, the political decisions of, of the justices. Um, yet they're being... That, that is, I mean, that, of course, is why they go to the homes, because it, it puts immense pressure, not on the justice as an individual, but on the justice as a, as a family. Yeah. They, they want to protect their children, so it, they might, understandably, you have to say, sort of bend to the, the will of the mob. Which Look, it, it, what, it, what it says, essentially, is I know where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, I know where your children live, where, where they play. I can probably yeah. figure out which school they go to based on your, 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 your locale. Yeah. Um, and this has been, you know, cheerleaded on by the press. I mean, again, this is the same press who who um, fueled the flames of the uh, the 2020 riots, um, who encouraged celebrities and the, uh, the the establishment class to donate to various bail funds. They have absolutely no problem with political violence as long as it's them doing it. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say as well. Um, I don't know if this is probably quite embarrassing, but I don't, I didn't know this had happened until we talked today. Um, which I think shows the state of media coverage on this. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I'm not, well, I am quite an avid reader, I think, of the news, but I, I didn't I didn't come across the story. Whereas if it were, um, even if we're, if we're just on the other side of the argument, if it was a pro-abortion justice uh, who had um, a gunman outside the house, someone armed with a gun and a knife, uh, a young sort of fighting age male, someone who said they were upset about the decision and, um, and it was said of them by someone close to the uh, matter that um, they were thinking about, uh, he was thinking about how to give his life to a purpose. And, and the conclusion of his thoughts was that he would murder uh, someone who disagreed with him. Mm. Just imagine if that were against someone on the other side of the argument or against some other uh, liberal-esque politician. Mm. I would certainly have read about it then. It would be on the, the bulletins of the UK media right at the top for 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 days on end if not longer hmm, hmm. but you don't hear about it in this case because well who cares about these people well okay so listen to this so this is what uh Rosky was was armed with he was armed with a um quote black tactical chest rig and a tactical knife a glock 17 pistol with two magazines and ammunition pepper spray zip ties a hammer <clears throat> a screwdriver a nail punch a crowbar a pistol light duct tape and hiking boots that were padded on the outside of the shoes, uh, outside of the sole, sorry, which um, implies either that he was looking to sort of break into the home without being heard or to, uh, to put it bluntly, uh, stomp Kavanaugh to death or his mm. family. Um, okay. If you look at some of his items, a hammer, a screwdriver, a nail punch, duct tape, okay. I mean, that, that, imp- that, that doesn't just imply that he's looking to go in there and, you know, shoot like you know go, go in there and, you know put put a quick end to it i mean that, that sounds like he was looking to to torture. to torture the man to death and uh, bear in mind he was arrested at 1 50 a.m right. so chances are cabinet's at home asleep his wife's in the house his kids are in the house mm. you know like that's not just an that's not just you know the targets are kicking of one person that that implies that he was planning to do something truly unspeakable yeah that's well at the very least, what we can say is that if this was somebody else, that would all be said. Mm. That would be the headline. You would you'd have you'd have articles uh, outlining each item and saying 
duct tape found in person's bag. Were they planning to kidnap? Were they planning to, as you say, stomp on the head? Were they planning to torture them? You'd have all of these questions asked. It would be very wide range. Whereas, again, I, I quickly looked into the story before we started talking, and I, I read a, a good section of the piece, and what did I find? I found that he had a gun and a knife. I didn't know he had the duct tape until you said it just this second. You're mm. hearing this live. This is all very interesting. But that just shows then, you, that would be right at the top, because that's a horrendous detail. Mm-hmm. That would be in the headline, duct tape, what was this for? You know, they, they'd be mm. covering it all over. Mm. But someone like this, completely uninterested. Aha. Uh, a hammer, yeah. a screwdriver, a screwdriver, a crowbar. I mean, you know, like you, I, that is not just to get into the property, yeah. you know. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, and you know, the um, so l- listen, listen to this um, warning that uh, so this this is from the uh, Democratic Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who right. made this warning to Justice Kavanaugh in March two thousand twenty, quote. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what will hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. That's that's a threat. Yeah, that's a yeah. nice little message. That's um, it's not it's not um, well. Again, you can picture what Trump to have made that message that it would be it would be mm-hmm. called a, a late night tweeting spree from a madman. Uh, unleashing a hideous, uh, undemocratic, anti-political threat against somebody. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, obviously, I think we, we both know that now that, you know, um, pointing out the hypocrisy of the progressive regime is about as much use as a, as a, a, a an iPad in the Arctic tundra, right? Ooh. But I mean, but um, it's true. I mean, the, these, these, again, this is just the politically advantaged class displaying their, their dominance because they know that they can get away with this sort of thing and that we can't. Yeah, I think, I think the reason that stuff like this is worth talking about is because, um, well, I've just demonstrated here that I didn't know about this story. This stuff isn't covered that widely in, in mm. mainstream press. So I think it's important, if, if for nothing else, at least for that reason, uh, that, that you know, it's, it's important to spread details, even if we're just discussing the general reporting uh, and, and mentioning that if it was someone else, they would know about it. Um, yeah, I think that's still worth it. Something which British um, listeners will more, more likely have heard of, but even then, perhaps, I don't think it's actually received massive coverage, but I have seen a few pieces on it, um, largely in local pace, papers for, for a little while until the Nationals decided to pick it up, uh, was the decision by some cinemas in Britain, by Cineworld Cinemas, not to wear a film called The Lady of Heaven, which is supposed to depict uh, Prophet Muhammad's daughter. Um, now, I said decision. This wasn't based on um, a, a, a sort of a, a roundtable committee discussion uh, based on whether or not it was right to be shown in the film. Not that if the answer were no in that case, that would make it any better, by the way, but just to say it wasn't because of that. It was because of essentially... Um, forced protests, threatening protests, you should say as well, uh, despite there being very little presence in some of the footage you can see of this, of police, um, from some of the Muslim communities in the areas where this was being shown. For example, the, the Bolton Council of Mosques described the film as being blasphemous. And on videos, you can hear people uh, saying that because of this, they, they were essentially on a mission to stop this from being shown. They were saying they would not accept 
the film being shown, you had big crowds of men lambasting the cinema operators. And I think, again, in this case, um, while it may not have been in front of the home of the, of the um, of those who were running the filming, you almost can't blame them for saying, yeah, we're not going to show the film, at least the local branch manager, when there's very little security there, there's very little police presence in, in some of the occurrences. I, 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 you'd, it'd take a very brave man to stand up to that crowd and say, no, we're going ahead with the filming, you can come and take a seat if you like. Just, just imagine the result, had that been the case, what would have happened? You almost dread to think. Mm. Well, I mean, it, it, it should be stated that the, the decision by Cineworld wasn't made out of some sort of like virtue signaling to you know, not want to cause offense. It was it was for safety reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, the, bear in mind, over the last couple of years, we've seen teachers beheaded and forced into hiding. Um, yeah. Cartoonists, you know, attacked and blown up. You no, know, Theo van Gogh, who was um, beheaded in, in the streets of, of Amsterdam. Many people who lived their lives in permanent hiding and witness protection because they've you know they've annoyed the wrong people who um who see no qualms with you know murder um in the name well, quite of the, the opposite quite in some case i mean a bit of a while back but i think the, the case still is uh quite quite living in, in what's happening today with salmon rusty it's not just that yeah. people have no qualms with killing it's that they saw it as their active mission to kill. That, it's there was a fatwa. A side result. They want, yeah, there was a fatwa by the uh, Ayatollah Haimani specifically to kill him hmm. uh, and also people linked to it. You, you saw some of the book's publishers of, of the Satanic Verses uh, being killed uh, and other people re relating to the, the, the publication of the book. And of course, he had plenty of shops uh, refusing to sell the book after that. Again, uh, not because of, the, the the want to be tolerant which isn't an excuse to not publish things like this mm. uh, but that, that that at least you can debate but instead out of fear of of um extreme criminal damage let's say mm. fear of safety especially of staff who again have nothing to do with this they're just there they're almost just pawns in the middle of of what's happening well we, can you can you imagine going to see a film in a cinema and there being a very intimidating crowd of mostly young men outside the cinema, is anything to stop you going to see a film? Like most people, and through no fault of their own, would turn around and go the other way. They just would because you know no no film is worth being you know confronted by a mob over. And, and one other thing that is important to note is that this isn't a universally Muslim outrage. So the the film was made by a uh, shia muslim cleric uh, yasser al-habib um yeah. and that's a key point to note because um there is a discrepancy in the two major sects of islam sunni and shia around the uh, historicity of the um the line of secession after muhammad so um while um while she is uh, hold her to be a very important figure in the in, in the Muslim canon, uh, Sunnis don't, um, and that's most of the protesters are of a Sunni background, yeah. um, which are which which poses another question around multiculturalism, where one of the consequences of such a reckless policy is that you essentially you import um, sectarian tensions from other parts of the world. You know, I mean, in no other time in British history has there been Sunni and Shia tensions playing out on British streets. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely. 
Uh, no, I was talking to someone, well, they were, they were commenting on a, a point about multiculturalism the other day, which I, I thought completely missed the point. Um, there's still people who think that multiculturalism, um, in, in fact, it was on this very topic. They were saying, this shows the problem with multiculturalism because what you've got is uh, some monocultural groups uh, fighting against others within this multiculture. You've got single groups. But that's the whole point of multiculturalism. Culture is the whole point of culture, I should say, is that something is unified. The idea of a multiculture is nonsensical. It's double think. It doesn't mm. make sense to have multiculture. Mm. It's, the, it's the opposite of the point. What, the... You have, what multiculturalism actually is, is different cultures living side by side. And again, that's not a culture because it's just, it's, it's two cultures standing side by side, not relating to one another, who, barely who... seeing each other other than when they have to, and yeah. even then fleetingly, not meaningfully. Who, who who don't live in the same moral universe. No, they live in completely different worlds. Yeah. Uh, physically as well, or geographically, I should say. They live on different streets. Hmm. We have it all over this country. Um, and it's it's largely to do with the rate of immigration, which has been unprecedented uh, from, from the Blair years onwards, and which continues under Boris, uh, get Brexit done, bring back control to the borders, Johnson. Um, it's all complete nonsense. And But th this is... We, we still have this debate for whatever reason about multiculturalism, even though it's it, by its very nature, the whole point is that people are divided. It's yeah. someone said, well, what about, you know, uh, Indian migrants who become more entwined into the culture? Well, in which case they're not living in a multiculture. They've, they've, they've joined into British culture. They have influenced it in some way, of course, and it has influenced them. And they engage with other people who are originally part of that culture. Isn't it, isn't it bizarre now that in some in some parts of the UK, it is it is probably quite possible to be born, grow up, work, marry, raise kids, and die having never spoken English. Yes, yeah, no, that's quite right. Uh, but yeah. you know, in, where I live, there's plenty of areas where um, you know the the local lingo says that this is. Uh, a, an area which is for different people um which i think is terribly sad it's not it's ridiculous mm. you, you have whole streets where it's only people who you would you would call sort of uh going back some way as well british and then other streets where it's um where it's not that whereas people from other countries sort of come whatever generation this is what you know this is what the multiculturalist uh, pushes have given us mm. uh, by making it such a fast rate whereas the people who are opposed to multiculturalism who are attacked as being you know the bigoted racist fools are the people who say well hang on a minute wouldn't it be far better to have it at a slightly slower rate to have it where people aren't living on separate streets but are living together their lives are actually joined in with each other um, and e even at schools you, you see it across many areas um, particularly in sort of midland areas um, you've got different groups and even when they go to the same school, they don't bond with each other. They're completely separate until they have to bond. And then, it, you know, it's mm. it's a sad state, I think. And it, and it is a result of the people who, uh, in in the word of the, the immigration minister under Blair, wanted to rub the right's nose in it. Well, that's all very well and good to to have uh, such political sort of quarrels. But you've you've damaged the country and, and limited its capability of, of being cohesive uh, because of your gripes. The the sociological purpose of culture is to give a location an idios, idiosyncratic nature, right? Yeah. Culture is inherently national. <clears throat> it's inherently um, 
tribal. You know, it is. I mean, you, the like, there's a reason why. You know, I think you and I have more in common with somebody of a different class background who's from the UK than someone who is of a, of the same class background in another country. Just because you know we speak the same language, we understand the same cultural references, we have the same cultural marking points. We have, by and large, similar values, similar tastes. Um, and yeah, I mean, to, to I mean, and, you know. The lesson from the last 20 30 years is upend that at your own peril yeah definitely well someone with whom we have very different cultures i think i'm not actually i'm not sure i do agree on that point i'm thinking about it it's a difficult one i think actually maybe i do i'm not sure whether i'm more have i got more in common with someone of a different i mean class now is a bit of a, a non-word anyway isn't it but mm -hmm. what we mean by that but working people shall we say do we have more in common with working people of a different country or, or the upper classes of this country. I suppose in some cases, I'd say. I suppose, but I suppose the difference between the upper classes and the political class. Well, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe if I could rephrase it, maybe we have more in common with the somewheres of our countries than the anywheres of other countries. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very true. Um, yes. Well, also the the anywheres of this country, Mr. Johnson, um, leading the, as I say, the uh, the patriotic uh sovereignized conservative party uh is staying in because um only 40 percent of his mps uh don't want him to be there which <laughs> I, I i love how this is spun as being a great victory jacob reese mogg there's footage of him when theresa may had uh i can't remember the number of it, it was something like 111 votes i think against her a, a much lower percentage in any case yeah. uh, he said well this is a terrible result this is a third of her MPs that don't support her. She has to go. It's ridiculous. Boris Johnson uh, gets 40% of, of his MPs saying they don't want him. And Jacob Rees-Mogg, before the vote, says, well, this is a democracy, and in a democracy, a, a win by one vote is still a victory. Uh, so it, it just shows that this man is completely spineless for a start. Mm -hmm. He has he has no principles. This chap, he well, I mean he he says he does, especially for his religion. We talked about abortion earlier. He says he has principles on religion. Yet he says, well, I'd never let this influence my politics. In which case, it's not a principle, is it? Because the whole point of a principle is that it runs through different themes of your life. Uh, you can't help it; it's just part of you. Uh, yet he he's so malleable, so as to get somewhere close to power um, that he will he will uh, spin the line. Uh, for his paymasters. Um, crikey, that was perhaps a bit too far. Might get sued for that one, but there you go. I mean, it's true, isn't it? Also, I believe you're protected by uh, honest opinion. Uh, oh, well, that's all right. Then. To, some, to some degree. Um, oh, no, but, you know, I, I, I agree with you. And actually, I, I saw quite an interesting stat today, and it's, 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 it's quite fitting, actually. It's, um, and it, it speaks to a, a sort of a quite funny feature of, of, of British politics, which is uh, four of the last six prime ministers were, were ousted by their own party rather than the electorate. Right. Margaret Thatcher, Tony Blair, David Cameron, and Theresa May were all um, replaced by a party election rather than a, a general election. Right, so that's a that's another sign of how how functioning Britain's democracy is. First, we don't get to choose the MPs; um, they're they're selected by the parties themselves. We don't actually get to choose who becomes in as prime minister. That's largely a result of the inner party workings as well. And then when the the prime ministers are replaced, that's also another a result of national vote. But again, party whim. Um, not that I'm saying I think 
national voting is a perfect thing. We saw that with the referendum is a waste of time because mm. uh, Brexit hasn't happened and it probably won't. Mm. Um, but um, that is still still a good sticking point for those who talk about it. Um, yeah, I mean, all we're hearing about still is Partygate with Boris. I think I think the establishment genuinely thinks that's people's only gripe with him. I might be wrong about that. And, and some uh, there was an argument made actually. I can't remember by who. It might might even have been on this program by you or Luke. But someone said um, the only negative of getting rid of Boris now would be that that would vindicate those who said it was because of Partygate. Because Partygate's just happened. Getting rid of Boris now, they say, well, it's not got nothing to do with the fact he's a complete liberal. Nothing to do with the fact he promised to bring back all these conservative policies and they bugger all out of that. Um, it's only because he had a few bits of beer when he shouldn't have done it. So, you know, that's the lesson learned. Yeah. Whereas that's not the lesson. The lesson is you've, uh, well, is it the lesson? Because this happens over and over again. We've had the Conservative Party for more than 10 years promising to do conservative things failing well not failing because it, that, that suggests that it tried to do it not bothering to do any of it in the first place yet renewing its uh, its promises afterwards and actually the thing that's annoyed me most of all this is the response after boris won you've seen people like uh, matthew goodwin uh, and other sort of pollsters and other conservative so-called commentators saying well this is great for us because now he's going to have to start doing some conservative things to win over his back benches He's going to have to stop with this net zero talk. He's going to have to oh, uh, start lower taxes. You think, are you serious? This guy's been in for three years. The, the Tory party's been in for over 10 years. Of course. You really oh. think this is going to nudge it? Yeah, I mean, what? It must be a, around 12 years to the day now, right? Well, yeah, yeah. And, and they, I mean, how many times can these people say, don't worry, this is going to be the thing that does it. Yeah, Theresa May wasn't a conservative, but we elect Boris Johnson. We're now going to have conservatism. When they realise that wasn't conservative, they say Boris Johnson hasn't been a conservative, but now is his job's on the line. So we're going to have conservatism. They're all speaking complete crap. And they don't realise they say the same thing over and over again at each new so-called milestone that finally we're going to have conservative policy when it's so obvious that's not the case. Because these people aren't just not conservative, they're averse to conservatism. Mm. This chap's a metropolitan liberal. He wanted the European Union to be extended to the mm. Ural Mountains. He told people to stop moaning about the damn burst of immigration. And God knows how many wives he's had or how many children he's had. Uh, I, I remember. I remember one thing very, very uh, fitting about about Johnson, where he he made a film for Newsnight way back when he was. I think it must have been before he was, he was, he was a member of Parliament. But he um, he he praised the fact that supermarkets had replaced the the haberdash. Um, this sort of you know this communal local shop where you go in and you'd know the shopkeeper and you know it was it was just part of the communal makeup of of, of you know of of um, small town Britain um, and he he praised the fact that you had these, these cathedrals of food you know imported from all far flung corners of the world which is you know um, the, the the man does not possess a modicum of conservative morality. No, no, and and that's inherent in his behaviour. And one thing that I I, I mentioned um, when I was doing uh, political tips to, with Julian on, on Monday about about the uh, no confidence right before the vote came in was um, if you were a foreign warlord and you were planning an invasion of Britain, the first thing you'd factor in is that Britain's an island, right? Mm. Like Britain is under no geographical requirement to have a fluid border it's simply a matter of political will yeah which yeah. there are, of which there is none no there isn't and also 
just to to show how ingrained all of this is so some people even suggested we'll get rid of this net zero talk we are now because of boris johnson signing into various post-brexit agreements which were awful we're now linked uh, to the european union's climate uh, aim of reaching net zero by 2050 we've signed into that in international law we've said we will reach net zero by 2050 under international law and people say oh it's fine we'll just drop the net zero commitments we can't just do that now because you weren't paying attention before when when this other thing was happening and you're only complaining about it after the fact it's like with lockdowns oh well uh you know thank goodness boris johnson was the quickest to pull out of lockdown well he shouldn't have never gone into in the first place and you're only criticizing lockdowns once it's all over it's too late um as they always are and of course when we realize that he's not going to stop being conservative in this case uh, you know, a year down the line and and he's gone and and some other figures coming in who is supposed to be more conservative and they start saying, ah, oh, well, this time we're going to have real conservatism. They won't have realised that they they haven't learnt the lesson from before. Hmm. These people really are like, the, they're, they're at the Ministry of Truth. They're shoving down uh, each last statement they made down the truth hole, burning it for eternity so that it doesn't exist anymore and and presenting a new version of, of history. Um but the problem is, of course, is that most people will let them get away with it. Hmm. In in the words of Lee Kane about Pottygate, actually, fittingly, which having come for full circle on getting away with it might be a, a good place to stop, I suppose. So we'll finish there. Thank you for listening. Uh, I think we got more irate as the episode got on, maybe, uh, but that's fine. Um, more gammony, some might say. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, hopefully Luke will be here with us next week but that we'll, we'll see at the time uh, have a good weekend, cheers